I have been a mentor for kids that are super creative and have so much talent. And I ask them if they're gonna go into art at all, like in any direction. And the first thing that they always tell me is like, I don't know that my parents would be comfortable with that or they're worried about being financially comfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd say, don't be afraid. One, two, be very persistent. And three, um, make sure that you're taking care of your body to your mind and your body at the same time that you're following your passions. Absolutely. I love that. You know, doing this podcast, I have really came across and I've met some amazing people. I've also got to, you know, reconnect with some friends that I lost contact with, like April. You know, in this conversation, I learned so much about her and the creative process and how healing is so important. And when you just want to go to your passion and you're passionate about it, just do it. You know, April is so inspiring. I love seeing her art. So go check out her Instagram, guys. All the tags will be at the bottom of the show notes. I love you guys. Now, please go share this with someone. Share this with a friend. Share this with a coworker. If you could go over to Apple Podcast or iTunes or wherever you can leave a rating and review and just go rate and review this. I beg you, please, if you have ever gotten any value out of this podcast at all, Please go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever, and go leave a rating and review. And if that platform doesn't let you do a rating and review, then please just share this with a friend. Share this with the world. Help me grow and help me inspire other people. Right now, we need inspiration more than ever. Guys, we will get through this. This too shall pass. I love you. And keep being awesome. Welcome to None of Your Business Podcast. A podcast where we talk about anything but your business. And ask questions that's no one's business. I'm your host, Robert Lude. Thank you for joining me today. Now let the show begin. Hey guys, real quick, I want to let you know about East Coast Tags. If you don't know what East Coast Tags are, well, you're definitely missing out. If you're an influencer, a podcaster, or just anyone who needs to get some of their own merch, then go over to eastcoasttags.com, enter the promo code NOYB or none of your business, and get 10% off, guys. Guys, if you want personal one-to-one experience, then East Coast Tags got you. Michelle, she's amazing. Her and her team are here to help you. And plus, you get to support some amazing causes. So go over to eastcoasttags.com and get yourself some dope-ass swag, merch, whatever you want. And even 
what she has that you can buy already is dope. So if you don't really have a creative side, which she can help you with, um, or just buy what she has already. Anyways, guys, eastcoasttags.com, and now enjoy the episode. And all right. So welcome to the None of Your Business podcast. I got an old friend sitting across the screen from me. April, welcome. So who are you and what do you do? I'm April Whirl. I'm a Filipino-American muralist and artist. Okay. So how did you get into that? Um, I started off in architecture and um, and it took me less than a semester to realize that it wasn't for me. I was pretty severely depressed so much that I was getting pretty sick. I was just puking randomly. And, um, and I wasn't answering any of my family's phone calls. But when I did talk to them, they knew that I wasn't doing very well. Um, it was to the point where I was seeing a doctor once to two times every week. And, um, and one day when I was sitting in the doctor's office waiting for my appointment, um, I started crying and I realized that that was enough for me. So um, instead of waiting to go to that appointment, I went straight to the student success office and withdrew, went to my dorm, packed it all up in hours and moved to Missoula the same night and then started art school. Then <laughs> start art school. Okay. So like when you were like leaving the doctor's appointment and mm -hmm. going and like withdrawing from school like what was going through your mind i just wanted to be happy um i tried doing the route that i felt like would lead to stereotypical success mm -hmm. um while also kind of giving myself a leeway to be creative um cuz i knew that that's what I needed to do to feel fulfilled. Um, but it just wasn't enough for me. The culture wasn't the right culture for me. And I don't, I didn't even really realize that until I'd been to Missoula. Um, Cause I think growing up in Helena is very similar to the culture in Bozeman. And I didn't even know why growing up in Helena was so difficult. I was just, when I look back, I realized that I was just not really that happy of a person any time before the age 20. The last five years have been the happiest years of my life. That's awesome. And that's when you switched to creativity. Yeah. And also just being part of a culture that values that. Yeah. Um, I think architecture was really hard for me because there's a right and a wrong answer to it, even though it's creative yeah that, that makes sense that makes sense and like growing up in helena trying to be like there are creative people in helena for sure mm -hmm. but yeah. like that culture the people are just so much different there they are and also the only really creative people that i've ever met there um have been 60 or older and just super eccentric <laughs> yeah most definitely um now like above the keller williams building in helena okay. wait where it, is that it is across the street from women's park okay so above that they have a, a co-working space um oh. I, I think it's called co-working space or the top floor co-working space um, okay i had an office in there 
before I moved to Missoula and like they got a lot of creators in there. Well, not a lot. Mm-hmm. They got like 10. So yeah, you know, being, it was cool to like be around that environment. Um, but I'm like, these guys are older than me. They're like 40 years old. Um, like, I'm like, I need to, I need to go somewhere. Like, I, I want to well, stay. I think it's different. Like the emphasis of creatives and like Bozeman, for example, are really, um, they're usually brand oriented, you know, like they're doing creative things for businesses. Um, and there's a really cool co-working space and um, creative group called The Local. Do you know them? Mm-mm. Oh, they're in Helena. Mm-hmm. And they're doing pretty cool things. They're highlighting um, just like reasons to stick around in Helena. Actually, I yes, I, I do know what you're talking about. They have like a magazine and uh, stuff yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, but I think in Missoula, the creativity is just different. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. You it's can't just like the it. hippier version. <laughs> It's like not focused on, on, I would say it's a little more separate from branding. Yeah, for sure. So now that like you are in your passion and you're doing what you feel like is right. And obviously your quality of life has went up. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody was like, if you're going to talk to the 13 year old version of yourself, the 14 year old version of yourself. Oh my God. Do I remember that version? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but, or if just talk to somebody younger who like thinks that they should go on the traditional path of being successful yeah. and they're thinking, you know, maybe a different route and just not happy with the direction that they're going. Like what three pieces of advice would you tell someone? Oh, okay. Well, I have been a mentor for kids that are super creative and have so much talent. And I ask them if they're going to go into art at all, like in any direction. And the first thing that they always tell me is like, I don't know that my parents would be comfortable with that or they're worried about being financially comfortable. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd say, don't be afraid. One, two, be very persistent. And three, um, make sure that you're taking care of your body to your mind and your body at the same time that you're following your passions. Absolutely. I love that. You know, talking about being persistent, like that is one thing that me, I personally it's like if someone was going to ask me what my one word was, it'd be persistence. Yeah. Like you have to keep going. You have to keep trying. You're going to fail. Mm-hmm. If everyone was doing it, then if it was easy, everyone was doing, would be doing it. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. And, you know, we all go through struggles. It doesn't matter what our background is, but we can overcome them. So now that you have overcame your struggle and you're living the life that you want, like, what is before you get into like that creative mode do you have like a routine to set you up yeah and actually um well i wouldn't say that i'm ever living the life i want 
Okay. I think like that is like what is so fun and allows me to be persistent is I'm always like striving to live the life I, life that I want. I feel yeah. like when you think that you've got it all, you become stagnant. Mm. Um, but um, yes, I do have a routine and I think quarantine has really helped me set that up. Um, I usually wake up and my partner usually wakes up an hour to two, maybe three on a bad day, <laughs> hours before me. And um, he wakes me up with a cup of coffee every morning and that helps me get my day started. And then I have to sit there and stare out the window or be outside, drink my coffee on the deck. And um, that just allows me to start my day out really calm because otherwise if I start out on the go, then my entire day just like blows past me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I work out and um, just get those morning things like showering out of the way. And then I come down into my studio and I work. And then, I mean, breakfast and lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think just coming to a space where that's what I'm doing helps too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is there like a, you know, like type of music that you listen to when you're working? Uh, I really like um, indie and um, I think it just, I just put Spotify um okay spotify Spotify knows what i like actually i listen mostly to podcasts mm. nice nice that's what i love about podcasts you can just put it on and it's in the background and yeah there you go and you so, get company <laughs> right yeah absolutely so when you're not like making art what do you do like in, in your free time um, <laughs> I feel like I don't have any free time. Um, that's, it's obviously not true. I have free time. I just feel like I love what I do so much that it's also what I do for fun. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, I spend a lot of time with my friends cause I feel like that's, that's super important to just spend time around good, positive people. Um, and, and like not talk about art too. Yeah. You know, just like change things up. Um, but I don't know. I think most of my days revolve around my practice. Yeah. Yeah. What about Thank you? Me. What about me, man? So I work at a treatment center. Um, and like my schedule, there's, not like any other work schedule it's kind of crazy um i'm there for like two and a half days straight and then i come home for wait there's no work schedule what there's no work schedule there is a work schedule it's just oh. <laughs> it's it's different than most work schedules okay so like i do that and then on my set well on my off days um i'll wake up i'll have a cup of coffee i'll you know pray meditate um read something spiritual um okay. might be just depending on what book i'm reading or something inspirational um and then i'll listen to like a motivational video mm. and then i go to the gym 
go to the gym, come home, eat breakfast, and then I'll like if I don't have an interview set up, I'll edit my interviews and then I'll post something or like I'm engaging. I'm always looking for people to interview. So then I'll I'll do that. Um I spend a lot of time by myself. Um I I don't li- like I love hanging out with people, but uh-huh. I don't like going out and like going downtown going to the bar oh yeah me either <laughs> yeah i think that's just like for me at least it was just like growing out of it yeah yeah absolutely you know i if i'm not always i'm always trying to better myself mm-hmm. and you know if i'm not bettering myself if i'm not trying to be the best person that i can be then I'm doing a disservice to me and I'm doing a disservice to my aunt, uh, to my audience. Um, As like your aunt? (laughs) Do you live with your aunt? No, no, my audience. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So if I'm not being the best person that I can be, then, you know, I, I can sit here and I can preach about what I'm doing, but if I'm not consistently taking action, then I'm just a hypocrite and I don't like to live my life as a, as a hypocrite. Like, uh, let me tell you how to be inspired and let me tell you how to get this motivation. But if you, if you don't have persistence, then like, what, what's the point? So I like reading, I like listening to podcasts. I like editing my podcast and really just focusing on the moment. I, you know, I, I go to the gym on a regular basis and just, consistently being the best version of myself that I can be. And I'm not perfect at it. Um, you know, for, for a couple of weeks, I was like down in this like depressive state and like, I wasn't editing my podcast. I wasn't really, you know, making any content. And then today I was setting up my mic and I like the shot of dopamine got <laughs> spiked in and I was like, man, okay, this is what I like. This is what I should be doing. This is what I was missing. This is, this is it. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that I picked up my mic again because I love doing this stuff. Like, yeah. I, I kind of, if I, I kind of get stagnant and, or my ego gets in the way. And I think that like, I got this, um, you know, as I was telling you before the recording, like I, I went into a massive drug addiction. So I, for me and like my sobriety, I consistently have to be working on myself, on myself. And when I'm not working on myself, then like there's a potential that those old behaviors come back. Yeah. That's just not something that I want to do. I never want to wake up in the ICU from a drug overdose again. That's just not. Does that, did that stem from depression? Was that doing drugs? Was that how you coped with your depression? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely depression um always just wanting to fit in mm-hmm. you know so if these kids over here are doing drugs or whatever and they accept me then i'm accepted so i'll I'll do anything to be accepted it doesn't yeah. matter i feel like and that's what i realized about helena which was so hard was i felt like there weren't a lot of different groups of kids I'm like, I don't remember ever feeling like I belonged anywhere growing up. And it wasn't until moving to Missoula that I felt like I belonged with a group of people. Yeah. And it's so hard on children to feel that way. Like, 
I don't know. It really matters to have a place where people are allowed to be different. And it seems like kids these days kind of understand that more because mm-hmm. um, there's such an emphasis on mental health with this new generation of kids. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So talking about mental health, um, I know you have like your morning routine and stuff, but is there anything like specific that you do to practice like your mental health? Um, yeah, I, yeah. The coffee outside or like staying out the window, that, <laughs> that is like the center of it. Um, it is just a form of meditation for me. Yeah. And I do actually meditate. Um, I do yoga and, um, and then I'll sit there most days after I work out and meditate for five minutes in the morning. And um, I found a lot of tricks that have helped me just from living with different people in college Mm -hmm. um, and just lots of light, lots of natural light, um, bright colors that reflect light. (laughs) It's funny, like my studio is this deep emerald color, which is actually my favorite color, but but now I have these bright lights, so it helps. But um, yeah, I think it's just important to like, get outside, get vitamin D. Um, and also I work with a lot of bright colors. So I think that also helps. There you go. So you said that quarantine really helped you hone on, hone in on your morning routine. Like what was your morning routine like before quarantine? Um, I was, I've always been so all over the place. And I've been really wanting to have a steady morning routine, but um, I ended up moving in with my partner because of quarantine and, um, and living with him has shown me like how, how having a morning routine increases your productivity levels. And um, cause he's just all, he does so much in a day. It's unbelievable. Um, and like, I think that would have made me feel bad about myself (laughs) in the past, but I realized how important to my mental health, taking my days slow is, um, but he wakes up at six 30 to seven every day, works out and like does his thing. And he's also a musician. So he's making music by night and, um, and I kind of just adopted a lot of those things and like spun them into a way that worked for me. Yeah. And I feel like my um, production rate is much faster. Absolutely. When you have a support system around you, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Just like seeing people, how they live and work. Um, Cause my, my parents, my mom always worked nights and graveyards. So um, when I go home and visit, I tend to wake up way later because I tend to absorb her sleeping Mm -hmm. schedule. (laughs) Yeah, which is understandable. Yeah, there's something about the commotion not being around in the house that helps me sleep in later. So if you could wake up anywhere in the world Mm -hmm. and do anything that you want, 
let's call this the perfect day. Okay. If you could have the perfect day, what would that look like? Um, well, now I feel the pressure to wake up somewhere else in the world. <laughs> um, well, actually, I think the perfect day would just, I don't know, I want to, I want to say something like really fun and romantic, but just waking up at like seven here in my own home <laughs> and just getting a lot of art stuff done, that would be the perfect day. Okay. Um, I guess I'm just pretty easy to please, but I've been places that I would like to wake up again. Um, I did a residency in Morocco um, in 2018 and there's something just so gorgeous about the desert something so romantic about it and i've been just craving to go back since how long were you there for i did a residency there for four weeks and then i had two weeks to just mess around (laughs) and travel around morocco why did you go there um i really love to travel um and i wanted to go to another muslim country um but that was more touristy, so that I don't have to. I studied abroad in Malaysia, and um, they're Muslim, and it's easy. Like they're, if it's pretty open to tourism, then there's a lot of things that are like benefits to being a woman traveling alone. Like the trains have all women's carts that are optional that I can get on instead of being on a oh, really? yeah and they're always nicer <laughs> but it, it's just more comfortable because i think like the biggest thing about being a um solo female traveler is worrying about keeping your body safe yeah i i didn't know that they had those options over there so that's that's super cool yeah, there's there's a lot of perks um, that people just don't talk about in Western culture. Like, um, if you're a woman, you get to skip the line at the post office. <laughs> I don't know. There's just like weird things like that. Um, I mean, I'm happy that I was raised where I was raised, you know, and like it's easy for me to say all these things because. I get to go and I don't have to be like, you know, subjected to like this societal pressure because I'm an American woman traveling Mm -hmm. and people don't, um, people don't necessarily expect me to do those things. I mean, be respectful. Yes. But, you know, cover myself up to a certain degree. I mean, I will never wear shorts in a Muslim country, (laughs) you know, but okay yeah oh that's interesting so do you have like favorite authors that you like reading about books blogs Um, i read a lot of um autobiographies because they help me understand how it works to just like build up a career um, I've been really slowly reading Patty Smith's Just Kids. 
Um, and I've got a Bob Dylan book Chronicles too that I've been reading over a long period of time. Um, but also I love Neil Gaiman. Mm. And actually I feel like the way that he writes is similar to how I paint. What do you um, mean by that? Um, he writes like, he makes basically fantasy for adults, you know? Mm, okay. And um, like his books are really dark. Like they can be masked as for children, but they seem to be intended for adults. The themes there, mm. um, like Coraline. You seen that? No, I have not. Okay, you should check him out if you like, if okay. you like fantasy. Um, but I place like these gritty black and white hands in these colorful, abstract landscaped environments. And like a lot of kids are drawn to my work because of the colors and like the simple shapes and the patterns. Um, but I, but you know, they're intended for adults. Right. Uh, yeah, I get that. I get that. So, like, where do you see, like, your painting, your artwork going in the future? Um, well, I started painting murals pretty hardcore in the last two years. Um, so, my goal is to be painting a mural every month to every two months which I will start traveling again for eventually. Um, I started painting murals when I was traveling. My first one was in Morocco mm. on that same trip. And then um, I painted one in Bangkok. And then I've painted several around Malaysia. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. awesome. And then I came back and I've just been hitting Missoula pretty hard because I haven't been able to travel. Yeah. Yeah, and especially with the whole quarantine thing, it's uh... a. <laughs> well, I just painted a mural during quarantine. Nice. Like, what's nice about being a muralist is I don't really have to. I can social distance and work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, when like this whole quarantine thing is going on, whole Black Lives Matter thing is going on, mm -hmm. like what are you doing to like stay calm stay focused and yeah live in you know like a serene life um i have to not watch the news i have to limit my time on social media yeah um i think i mean you know black lives matter is so important and it's really important to stay engaged with it um, but I think there are there are people where it's necessary to focus on like the negatives and like share these clips of bad things happening because we need to spread awareness. But at the same time, we also need the people that stay positive because we have to spread positive energy. Yeah. Um, and that's by sharing your favorite black artists and creators, you know. Um, I think both of them are equally as important, and um, I try to participate by sharing 
my favorite BIPOC creators and Black creators. And um, but otherwise, I just like have a really hard time because of my depression to engage in so much negativity. Yeah, I totally can understand that. And how about you? So me, you know, I, I do a lot of the same things. Um, I try and I get, uh, you know, people who are supporting the Black Lives Movement on my podcast and I want to share their story on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just try and stay away from the negative and the negativity as much as possible. I don't watch the news, but really getting people who have been directly affected on it on my mm-hmm. podcast like i, I want to hear your story yeah. like i think you know if the as a white male who grew up in helena montana like i <laughs> i need to do something like yeah. i didn't realize that white privilege was a thing like i okay let me reword that i knew I mean, it was, it's hard to in helena when there's just not very much diversity yeah like i knew it, it was a thing but like until i like um i used to be engaged to a woman who was from south korea mm-hmm. and like when she'd be driving my car or whatever we would be going anywhere and get pulled over i'm like what the, the hell like really yeah it was just where so, was that in helena and las vegas um and just like the cops would treat them differently it like totally blew my mind i'm like what do you like that's interesting yeah and it uh just dating someone who wasn't white Mm -hmm. i it really like emphasized like oh shit like okay yeah i think it also just like depends on where you are when i'm in missoula I like just don't ever think about my skin color, but I have the luxury of being um, mixed and mixed Asian, yeah. you know? So, um, so it's different for me than it is for other people. Yeah. Um, but that I've heard stories about that. Um, my, my sister, she is my half sister. She's super fair, blue eyes, really light blonde hair. And her husband is African-American and they lived in Helena for a while, um, for like seven years. And they would tell me all the time how hard it was living there. And like, as soon as they were able to move back to Spokane, they did. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just much easier being around more diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, since you grew up in Helena, like, did you think that like you went through any struggles with that? Um, I think my mom shielded us from it for sure when we were growing up. Um, I There's a story that she'll always tell people um, about when I was four years old, we were in Walmart and um, and I was in the car and this little boy that was my age, he was also in his mom's car in the um, checkout line, mm-hmm. just said, hey mom look at that girl she's ugly and he is talking about my skin color (laughs) and i think since especially after then my mom always made sure that like she'd always tell us you should be so proud to be filipino and like she never said filipino american 
Mm-hmm. We were always Filipino at home, um, which was like a struggle after I'd traveled to the Philippines a couple times because um, being a mix is a different struggle because you never feel like you belong anywhere. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Like I, here I'm not um, white enough to be white. And then in the Philippines, I'm not Filipino enough to be Filipino, you know? So um, so in college, I kind of figured out that I can't ever call myself one or the other. So now I go by Filipino-American, and it helps my identity so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Helena, yeah, when, when we were little, we just, like, were shielded by being overtly proud to be Filipino. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I've gotten older, I've had the luxury of thinking less about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I uh, definitely can't even imagine like being in that situation. Like um, when I came out as bisexual in like 2017 or whatever, like I was scared shitless. Like yeah. kids were beating each other up. Um in helena for being gay or like so i'm like i'm scared shitless and now like it's way more acceptable they got pride there every year it's Uh it's uh these days yeah it's it's a lot different so you know i i I can't relate but i can understand yeah Uh, i mean i think that was really the only time that i've felt you know, overtly discriminated against um, was by like hearing that story because <laughs> I don't remember it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think also there, I've my mom really taught me how to use that to my advantage. I think, yeah. um, and I I don't know. I just don't. I don't really ever think about it anymore, yeah. which is so nice. That's not true. I think about it when I go to Helena because I feel like when I'm in public spaces, I feel like there's eyes on me and there's a lot of wealth in Helena. So I feel like people look at me and then just guess my class, um, which I never feel that way when I'm in Missoula. There's like never at any point that, I feel just like eyes on me because of my skin color. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So if you were going to like paint or create something for like the last time and you wanted. For the last time. For the last (laughs) time. I'd be dying. (laughs) Okay, maybe not for the last time, but like you wanted it to like represent your work. Mm -hmm. Excuse me and maybe make an impact like what do you think the meaning behind that would would look like um well i feel like the way especially when you go to school for art is you kind of have a thesis and everything that you make revolves around that thesis um so when i was in my bfa year Um, I was doing a series based on my skin color and being mixed. And that has obviously transitioned into the work that I do now. So every time that I use the hand, it's always black and white. 
there's never it's you know there's no race there's no class it's only a hand so there's no gender um and that represents the grit of being human because it contrasts the rest of my work because it's not done graphically it's done more and more realistically but there's strokes that are visible and all this movement within the hand but then it's placed in an environment that's so constricted so i'll let you take that (laughs) and think about that yeah no i like that i like that so if people want to find your art which just checking out her instagram people it it's pretty amazing. So go check it Thank out. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Like, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm on Instagram at April Worrell, W E R L E. And then I just have been starting to post on TikTok. <laughs> and, um, and then, like, you can add me on Facebook, but I don't use Facebook for business. And then I've got a website and a web store. And what is that called? Just aprilworld.com. Okay. Okay. So what is your message to the world? Um, that's loaded. <laughs> um, positivity. I think um, if you put out positive energy, you draw in positive energy. And if you take care of yourself and you allow yourself room, to be who you are, it's easier to be a positive person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right on. Well, April, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely.